You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 438 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by Seth Miller. How you doing? With a giant sigh as you started this episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we're probably going to do a little bit of a uh, abbreviated episode i think i'm tired we'll talk about it in the bonus i'll talk a lot, little bit about it here well i mean we'll talk a little bit on the show because united's just having an absolute meltdown of a, of a couple of days so yeah it's awesome yeah it's great yeah, it's amazing um also just side note why do double tree hotels always smell like old cigarettes and must like cookies is, just kind of is it the way the like, cookies are baked maybe i i don't know <laughs> i i it's it's it's, uh, yeah, with a digital key, I didn't even get a cookie. So, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I don't know why people stay at Hilton's, but that's beyond me. Anyway, um, Alaska is starting some really random routes. Yeah, you, you didn't have the Bahamas on their route map? No. 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 <laughs> I don't understand. I This is a, it's a seasonal winter service, L.A. and Seattle to Nassau. Uh comes on the heels of JetBlue announcing that they're going to fly LA to Nassau like once a week. Um, the Spir- uh, it's not Spirit, sorry, the Alaska service is going to be a total of daily split between the two cities. It's three to LA and four to Seattle, I think. Or yeah, um, yeah, and it's so yeah. I I didn't think the Bahamas was that huge a draw, even from the East Coast, and definitely not from the West Coast. But here we go. I, I mean, can they really justify 900 seats a week from the West? I mean, that's, you know, when I do the math, that's around what it is, I guess. Around um, that. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, what, what strikes me is they, they seem to really love the idea of, like, putting the 737s on as long of a route as possible. Like, let's just make these people as miserable as we can. To be fair, right, in some ways, because they have the max now with the extended range... There, the company is able to dip into routes that were previously impossible. Fair enough. Fair right. Enough. These are presumably this. They didn't like wake up when they were like, "Crud, we've got more planes, and we really have no idea." I don't know. Let's see what NASA looks like. Presumably, they've been thinking about this for a while. They're like, "Eh, maybe if demand goes up, and we had the plane to support it." Now that at least they have the plane to support it. Yeah, I guess. I, it's just odd to me that like they dumped service. You know, out of Portland, out of some some level, out of L.A. and and San Francisco, like some of the some of the places that they were flying nonstop didn't haven't come back. Yeah. Um. Before you know. Um. And instead, they're like, eh, Nassau looks good. And on top of that, they're starting some nonstops out of Vegas to uh, Puerto Vallarta and Cabo. Yep. Uh, those two are on E seventy fives. It's regional. Um. The the super interesting thing to me about those is the flight departure time. First of all, the uh, L.A. and Seattle to Nassau flights are daytime both ways. So continues Alaska's sort of avoiding red eyes where it can. Yeah. Um, but the flight times on the Las Vegas flights to Mexico are such that they connect to well from the San Luis Obispo route that was announced last week that we talked about that seemed random. Uh-huh. So they're actually sort of planning on connecting flow over Vegas to Mexico. Like they're going to do San Luis Obispo to 
Puerto Vallarta via Vegas. They'll sell that. Yeah, that's what the the press release explicitly mentions connecting to those flights based on the uh, timing. So why not just fly? Like, I mean, this is like this is like penny pitching or like looking at the numbers so minutely that you're like, hey, I think we can squeeze four passengers out of San Luis Obispo down to Puerto Vallarta, and we can pick up you know sixty more in Vegas. On an, it, it, it's like I don't know. Uh, it it takes some big leaps for me. Yeah, huh? and the the figuring out how to build connecting flow is always interesting. I'm sure it's not. You know, Vegas isn't a hub, for sure. Yeah, but uh, it will. I just thought that it was interesting that they specifically called that out in the press release. What's the what's the like the block time on those routes? Oh, because Puerto Vallarta is not close. No, they they are. Uh, here we go. I got the release here. Um. Forex weekly to both on both of those routes starting mid December. It does not have flight schedule times listed. I mean, that's got to be almost like three and a half hours. Um, I will note that uh, the adding of the addition of Nassau is the 101st nonstop destination Alaska Airlines flies to from Seattle. I would have guessed a lower number than that. Interesting. I also got a I also got a press release or an email release that they. Uh, they, they were happy to welcome their um, or in, let me enjoy the sales uh, to um, the the uh, what would what they say Latin America and they included Bahamas in that that that's a stretch. Well, it's just wrong. <laughs> that's twelve hundred miles from Las Vegas to Puerto Vallarta. Okay, so yeah, that's going to be a three hour at least block time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. It's like, hey, we got some E-175s that we're tired of doing Portland to Seattle on. Let's see what else we can do with them. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're not going to send them to L.A. for you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's random. I, it, there hasn't been any other route announcements, right? Like this week that I can think of. Uh, Avello is making uh, Las Vegas a base. Oh, that's interesting. So... Right, Vegas was one of the early destinations of LO operated, but they did it as a sort of Burbank triangle. So they'd go Burbank to either Santa Rosa or Eureka, and then down to back back over to Vegas and sort of fly out and back. Uh, the challenge there is in order to keep operations moving and to keep the plane home every day and to keep crew home every day. They were basically limit. They were very limited in how long those trips could be. They basically mm. stuck it around eight hours total, so two hour stage lengths. Uh, with the with making it a base, they can do out and back on slightly longer routes, and you can sort of do two out and backs a day. Maybe you have to use two sets of crew, but everybody gets home. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, kind of maxim maximizing the ability to get the plane in and out and the crews in and out. Yeah, have them go home at night. Yeah, but still get everybody home at night. And so it's, you know, Santa Rosa and Eureka are coming back. Uh, Brownsville, Dubuque, and Bend slash Redmond are the other three destinations that have been added. Uh, Interesting. And they've already got flights. Like, they've already got they've already got a Redmond to Burbank flight. Um, I think they might have one to... Uh, kind of think. Yeah. What else they've what, what What's interesting about this is, right, I mean, Avello comes from the cut of Allegiant in many ways, right? Out and backs, everybody gets home at the end of the day with crews and planes, uh, feed 
tertiary cities to leisure markets, all that fun stuff. Uh, Allegiant has a massive hub. It's based in Las Vegas. Mm. And so the idea that uh, Avella can come in and pick up other markets that even Allegiant hasn't bothered to attack yet seems intriguing to me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's kind of back on the heels of, we're back on the topic of the last, right? Some of the airlines seem to be taking this playbook of Allegiant, right? Like these one-off flights where they operate them three times a week. And Avello is like, yeah, we can do that too. And we'll, we'll hit markets that Allegiant doesn't hit. Yeah. I mean, um, Avello has been clear. That's its basic MO from the get-go. Yeah. Right. Put, put a plane somewhere as a base, fly three or four cities from there slowly build up add a second plane when it starts to make money you know make sense and become steady growth etc um it's the much simpler approach to the market you basically it's one airline but you're basically running individual operations from each base yep there's no complexity right there's no overlap there's no maybe you have to ferry planes in and out for maintenance but like that's about the extent of it and they're also doing it with relatively cheap used 737s that they can fly, you know, five or six days a week instead of seven and only a few hours a day instead of, you know, 10 or 12 and theoretically still make money at it. So they're keeping the cycles down. Yeah, but right the there's for longer. Yeah. It's not even that so much as it just doesn't cost them, you know, it the the re, the theory is it, you know, when you buy a new plane, you got to keep it flying because your lease costs or your capex is just so high that you've got to make revenue on it. Mm-hmm. If the plane is cheap enough, you're not forced to try to find marginal markets or operate in marginal markets. You can pick the ones that are more certain to work and go from there. Now, whether more certain to work is legit in some of these markets remains to be seen. Um, I would argue that some of them are marginal still, but they're trying. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. And, and the fact that they're still able to make it work when, you know, Allegiant has a base there. Um is it's good. I mean, it's good for them. Well, I mean, I think from just from what you're saying, right, it makes sense. I think they see the potential for customers to buy cheap flights. These are relatively short flights, right? Like, there's nothing that you're nothing you stated. I guess maybe Dubuque is the furthest destination. Um, like that's you know that's a three hour flight maybe. So maybe if that, I think it's more like two. So to me selling cheap flights on that route you're gonna print money yeah i mean again a couple times a week there's the limited whatever so it does make sense in that context i will say that it's there is the challenge uh or not the challenge of but like the goal arguably is to start running slightly longer routes because you can Mm -hmm. do them out and back with two different sets of crew maybe you can get you know two cycles or two destinations out of the plane in a day um i think uh Brett Cranky Flyer suggested like Baton Rouge could work. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, that uh, makes sense. Dubuque is 1,376 miles from Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Three, three. So westbound, that's going to be three and a half hour block time. Yeah. It's further than I thought. Yeah. It's because it's all the way over the Illinois border, Wisconsin border. It's up yeah. in that corner. But at the same time, like still people willing to pay, you know, 250 for that round trip or something. Yeah, I mean, listen, the whole point is, you know, the way they they work is cheap flights, ancillary uh, fees, and keeping costs absurdly low to try to help that all make money. Uh, 
can you induce demand with fares that low? Probably. Uh, the one challenge is, of course, and Las Vegas, you know, in theory has infinite demand, just like Florida. But at some point, you run out of hotels, you run out of or affordable hotels and affordable other things, and it starts to become a challenge. Yeah. That's more of a Hawaii problem than a Las Vegas problem right now. But yeah, you can always build more in Vegas. It's just, just dirt. Are they knocking one down to put up a baseball stadium, though? Are they? This, there's a whole thing. The that. Oakland days are supposedly moving to Las Vegas. Yeah, and I still can't. Down. I still can't. Yeah, I still can't get my head around playing baseball in the desert, really. I guess Phoenix already does it, but yeah. Well, maybe they'll do it like the uh, soccer stadiums in Qatar and air condition it. Oh yeah, just blow cold air. That's great. Yeah, in the outdoor <laughs> stadium worked well. Yeah, that's great. Um, what else we got? Uh, oh well, the, you know the reason I am on, you know, I'm cutting this 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 uh, episode a little short for our listeners, unfortunately. Um, the weather mess that has that started, I guess Saturday. Um. And then slowly it got worse. <laughs> quickly got worse. Yeah, I, it's been partly weather, partly FAA staffing, partly everything else. But uh, the last few days, or the first few days of this week, the last few days have been bad for travel in the United yes. States. Uh, Newark, or the northeast New York City area, two days in a row got hemmed in by afternoon thunderstorms over central New Jersey. And so the storms didn't really make it to New York, but because of where they're situated and where all the air traffic routes are, planes basically couldn't go west or south or north, and east only helps if you're going to Europe. So, yeah, I, I came in from London on Friday via uh, Newark, uh, okay. and the similar thing happened. Yeah, like, there was thunderstorms to the west, my flight got delayed by, I think it was like two hours. And because my plane was coming from Florida, Florida, the Florida flight had to go up and over Ohio, basically hang out over Ohio for an hour. And then they actually filed a diversion to Albany um, and then didn't fly. The, I think they didn't like make they were like, hey, we make one attempt at Newark. And yeah, it made one attempt at Newark. And I think they were saying, if we don't make it, we're going to Albany. Like if we if we can't land. Yeah, we're going to Albany. Um, thankfully made it. Um, but I mean, I, even then looking Saturday, it was the same story again. Like same exact set where planes couldn't get in and stuff couldn't get out. So what do you do? I I'm still torn by the idea that you can't send a plane through a thunderstorm. I mean, were they that bad? Uh, yeah. Okay. I I mean, I guess it it seems crazy to me that we've got an airport that's completely like blocked off from the rest of the country because you know a thunderstorm. Well, yeah, at least it's, it's not rockets that definitely can't fly. <laughs> That's true. Um, You're seeing an updated statistic, something suggesting 40% of flights at LaGuardia were canceled today. Well, today at LaGuardia was really weird. I mean, they were so backed up. I think they said that they, they were going to have to ground. They were going to basically halt inbound because they had nowhere to put the planes. Yeah. Like, planes were just sitting at the gates and then they would be pushed out and then they would sit on the, the apron or the, the taxiway for you know, 45 minutes to two hours, and then they'd have to come back to the gate. Yeah. I mean, so uh, United 777 finally made the run from Dulles to Newark, and it sort of found a hole in the storm to sneak through. But it went up, went west over, I'm looking at a map here, western upstate New York, made almost to Pittsburgh, basically, did a loop, 
and then made the approach from way out west and sort of snuck through and so you know found a just small enough line between sort of the red on the radar and cut through the storm to get in we had uh planes from uh santa domingo and san juan so dominican republic and puerto rico instead of they normally would come in and sort of come over new jersey and loop around from the west i guess back to the east and then to the south to land on the 22s there yeah they came up basically like they're almost like they were shooting an approach to LaGuardia, clipped off uh manhattan and then cut left and turns out i haven't haven't seen that because that way you know they could get in because they didn't have to go through the storm but yeah it's there's been some crazy stuff uh today i mean Earlier in the week, what we had was it Saturday or Sunday that Delta had an A three hundred and fifty delivery to Columbus, South Carolina. Yeah, there was uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia, they were right. coming from to- to- Tokyo. Yeah, and uh, we're headed to Atlanta, and Atlanta had a I think Atlanta had some weather, and it diverted to Columbia, and that turned out to be a whole mess. Yeah, so that was an international airport, you know, but they didn't have any uh, customs on call. Yeah, so. I, if I understand correctly, they eventually isolated the passengers in part of the terminal so they could get them off the plane. It's, that's just wild, man. And sort of keep them, you know, sterile, as it were. Um, there's another fun one on that. Uh, they brought in two 757s to move the passengers back to Atlanta the next morning. Because the A350 broke. Apparently. Um, yeah. And as part of that, in order to keep their statistics for flight completions high they actually flew the 757 one of the two on the main flight number i tell you delta is delta is a piece of work yeah (laughs) um and and let's not forget that the baltimore tracon had a outage on sunday that didn't help things it was only for an hour or so but that affected basically was a ground stop for everything headed to airports in the central east coast of the United States. It's just not been a good week. And it's, you know, the beginning of summer, right? I think New York yeah. schools just got out, right? Mm. Yeah. And it's, so, and, and everybody's traveling. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, the wildfire smoke is also going to be a problem. That was a problem in the New York area a couple weeks ago. It seems like it's still, it's, you know, the fires aren't done yet in Canada. And so that is going to continue to be a problem in the airports. I, through all of this, and I feel badly for all the passengers that are getting, you know, stuck various places. Um, Scott Kirby, the CEO of United, sent an email to the team, I guess, on Tuesday morning, basically saying, thanks to everybody for your hard work. You did great. The FAA really let us down. And the FAA responded, posting a public message. We're basically, we're willing to work with anyone who's willing to take this seriously. So they also, they, they also posted an, temporarily a ground stop for united aircraft at newark because of united <laughs> yeah so it, it's it doesn't look good for anybody but i'm it's pretty- i think it's what's this what's what's disappointing though right is like if we're if we're if we're honest newark is oversaturated like it is there is too much traffic at newark it's obvious when you fly through there like it is stuffed and at, at times there's no gates and at times you don't get your plane to your gate because it's four planes back being, you know, they don't have a tug to move it. And it's, it's just, it's a mess. And, and United's done it themselves because 
they don't want slot controls, right? So they are stuffing it. Well, yes and no. The airport sort of has, it's not slot controlled, it's slot limited, coordinated. Coordinated is the one I'm looking for. Um, So there is a limit to the number of departures that can go through. Um, It has to be coordinated. It's not entirely that, but it's still pretty bad. Yeah, it's 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 not great. And when you have so much of your network going through Newark, I mean, there's so many flights to Europe going through yeah. and not just mm-hmm. Europe, but like internationally that you're forced for the feed. Um, you've got other hubs that could handle it. I mean, hell, by the time you taxi your gate to Chicago, you, you could take off four planes, five planes, six planes. I don't know. A ton. Yeah. Now I'm looking at the stats. I'm just following up on the stats. Newark, 32 percent departures canceled. Another 32% delayed, uh, 36% of arrivals canceled at Newark, 42% of arrivals and 43% of departures canceled at LaGuardia. JFK wow. looks good at only 17% canceled, or 15% of departures canceled, 17% of arrivals. And I, I think what it's done to United, right, because because of the way Newark is kind of stacked up, and, and it, it hit me today, that things, things that ripple, they ripple really quickly from Newark outward so if you're not moving crews around through through hubs uh and they're all in newark and they're all flying to other points and something screws up now now you've got this weird buckling effect that impacts other flights down the line much more severely i think so like cancellations in chicago were terrible today the line for customer service at o'hare uh was from the customer service desk at b whatever that gate whatever that area is right there right by security, um, all the way down to Frontera. That's a lot. So that's that's a lot of people. Uh, I, and that's it. Oh, I do wonder, though, like, I mean? O'Hare didn't have... O'Hare had some delays, but not many cancels, from what I'm saying here. Yeah. But I think it was enough um, delays to, like, screw everything up for people. Yeah. So I don't know really what was going on. Like, my flight canceled to Nashville, out of Chicago, um, because of crew scheduling. Um but I don't know why other people, I should have stopped and asked, you know, if I was really doing my job, I would have stopped and asked. I was tired. So anyways, um, tell me about spirit aero systems. This is an interesting one. Uh, they are the tier one provider. They're known as suppliers, what they're described as they make the fuselage for the seven thirty sevens, right? They're based in Wichita manufacturing. They used to be part of Boeing. They got divested and spun off years ago. Uh, there was some chatter maybe about Boeing buying them back recently, but that was dismissed. Uh, their engineers went on strike. Uh, it was announced at the end of the Paris air show last week that they would be going on strike. Um, they vote the, if I understood correctly, I think they got a, they had a tentative agreement and the, uh, employees voted against it, went on strike. And it was sort of one of those. You're going to go on strike, so we're going to start ramping down production, like, semi-coordinated, but they stopped building new f- hardware. Uh, there's a new tentative agreement that has been negotiated in the ba- past few days, and they have that up for vote. I think the vote's Thursday, Friday of this week. So by the time this epi- by the time you're listening to this episode, it may be resolved, but uh, you know, obviously the everybody wants it to be. At this point, the uh, union management is strongly recommending that they approve it. So they think it's the best they're going to get. Hmm. 
I mean, it's not, it's, Boeing's just can't catch up. They can't catch a break. I mean, I get the reason for their strike, but uh, Boeing is the one that's going to feel the pain from this, unfortunately. Yeah. I think also sort of surprised in some ways, all the trouble we've been seeing airport wise, there hasn't also been more trouble out of Texas given the heat down there. Yeah, that is surprising. That's a good point. Yeah. Just not a lot of, not a ton of cancellations. Um, some delays, but not, not a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Any ideas on why that would be? No, I, I'm, it's not hot enough, I guess, to really mess up the flights. Well, I mean, didn't some, I mean, a road buckled in, uh, Houston, uh, by where we used to live, it buckled, uh, yeah. because of the heat. But I, I guess the runways maybe are built a little bit stronger. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yes, it would seem. So it's right. Every year we sort of got, uh, you sort of go through the story of Phoenix has to cancel flights at some point. Usually it's regional jets because they're not rated for the higher temp operations. Yep. Um, yeah. We'll see. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, hopefully it's, it's good news for folks that it's, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet in Houston. Hopefully it did. All right. Um, what else you got? Anything, anything fun? We're going to talk a little bit about your, uh, passport renewal fun and, uh, my answers. Great. Really strongly recommend. Yeah. That's for our Patreon subscribers. We'll talk about that here in a minute. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, stick around. Uh, if not, thanks for listening to the show and we'll talk to you in the next one. Happy travels. Take care. (laughs) 